I know, eh? The temptation is real. Season I wonder. five. Oh, go ahead, no, Chris. You no, wonder. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Season five, episode 39. What were you going to say, Chris? So we you have wonder. some, we have some, some, I would say some polished colleagues that podcast, right? Yes, polished I would agree colleagues. with that note. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll send it out into the universe here. Like Stephen Hurley, that's a composed dude there. He's a composed dude in his podcasting, right? Um, I so just before you know we hit hit live, before we hit live, you're you're saying we gotta we gotta pull up on the swearing a little bit. We enjoyed the the rogue the rogue mouth a little bit too much before we before we hit record. So um, it's true. I think boy, it's uh. Okay, let's go meta for a second. So I know on this cast, it took me about two years before I said shit. I don't know if I've gone, I don't know if I've used any more potty mouth than that, <clears throat> but that's very different than my mindset when I was, when I was still actively doing chasing squirrels. I was, I was paying attention, minding, minding my P's and Q's. So, um, I like that you you mentioned you know we got to sort of pull up on actually sorry you said you you got to pull up on that on the swears <clears throat> but it does make me wonder about our our colleagues out there in Podland how close do they like um, do they crave it do they crave to sort of be able to you know drop those words every once in a while because uh, so here's a it's funny so here's just this is my lived reality. My, my lived experience doing the pod, you do that sort of that time together before you hit record. And it's, it's, it can be extreme. Like you're just, rah, 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 and you know, this and that. And sometimes someone would ask, you know, is, do, should I swear? And I could actually, I remember I said, um, I have what I have the clean rating on Apple. So I said, if if when we record this, after this is recorded, maybe I'll put like a car horn honk over the word or something like that. Like that was the most important thing about the, like that was sort of an important thing about the pod that it, it kept the clean rating. Now I don't even know what the algorithms, I don't know. I don't know what would change that with Apple. Like I, I never read the list, like don't say this word, otherwise it'll get digitally tagged and you know, you're gonna have to change your rating. I don't know what content flips a podcast from adult contemporary into, you know, PG 13. But I wonder, I wonder about our colleagues. I just, that's when like some of our colleagues, you know, Stephen Hurley, like I said, composed dude, Ramona, maybe Ramona's listening. Uh, I know Jen Giffen out there has a pod. Um, Jennifer Casatod, Shane out there on the West, you know, you got Pete Cam. Pete Cameron and Rodnizer and Zach, I forget their name. Like they're dropping in now on the Mad. I want to say Mad TV. It's not Mad, mad TV. Cast, but yeah, Mad, mad TV. Mad, yeah, you know, like what's the um, the unprofessional podcast? Is that that one? Teachers on Fire. Who does? It? Who's Tim Cavi? What's his? I think Tim is Teachers on Fire. I'm wondering. I know Tim's probably not. He might not be checking us out, right? But he uh, used to. He used to. He used to bored yeah. him to death. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, but here's so here's the thing: like, have have edupods changed? Has the culture of edupods changed such that 
you can drop an up drop an s-bomb every once in a while you can sort of call call something out as a you know that that some kid can you can you call something out as an a-hole like i don't know like is it are we is it are we your comment led me here. It just got me thinking about it because you and I have said that there's a version of our, there's a multiverse, an alternate version of our pod that is a little bit more off the chain than we're doing right now, right? Sort of we're going to unhook from the sort of like the, the teacher mindset. Anchoring yourself to teacher mindset, I think in a lot of ways is akin to saying, I want to keep my job. Mm -hmm. I want to keep my colleagues. And I don't want to be well ish 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 ish, ish. And, and I don't want to be in the blue pages. One hundred percent, yeah. 100%. I, I don't want to be in the blue pages. I like to keep my job. Um, Although I've yet to see that. I don't want to be the firsts, but I've yet to see. You know, we're found on the blue pages because of content on podcast. Mm. We don't need to be the first. That would definitely boost the ratings. We we'd have people listening. <laughs> Yeah, people listening. I was like, "These are the dudes. These are the dudes. These They're on the every people. Saturday, as they come back through our back catalog to see how offensive we were." I'm sure that there would be, if you got certain people doing certain educators that I know doing a podcast, they'd be swearing every two seconds, because that's just how they roll. I mean, they mm -hmm. obviously don't do that in class with kids, but every other moment they're dropping them. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I think um, I think every now and again, if it comes out, it comes out. And I don't think that's a Blue Pages thing. But I think if we were just hardcore Rogue Nation going like every second word about everybody we work with and where we work and stuff, I think that will be cause for concern. Ramona is here. She says good morning. She's winking morning. at us like she does every time she visits. See, um, I have a high suspicion Ramona's a swearer. Really? I think Ramona's probably a swear. I think so. I think Ramona, I think Ramona has a, a diverse, a diverse um, fluency in in fun swears. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I think, it's I think. possible. I mean, I could see Ramona dropping the f bombs as she's cooking those cookies and 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 t roasting those turkeys and things not going well. I could see mm. that. Mm. Um, other than that, though, I have a hard time. Obviously, I'm stereotyping. I'm I'm putting Ramona in a box. Um, she's here. She's welcome to tell us what she thinks of that. She says that the shock jock edu podcast that would be funny. There See, are there are dudes but, that will try to do that. There are. I, and I love that. I love that. See, shock jock is is. I wouldn't I wouldn't go shock jock because like it's. So if we take the whole Howard Stern, kind of like one of the biggie names that sort of went. I think end up ultimately went um, to satellite radio. Satellite radio? I guess that's still a thing. Baking f bombs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there's there's that whole like stern style. I mean, you have there there were some um, what you call it's like. There's been some radio hosts. CFNY for a while has had a few intentionally offensive. Like that became the shtick. And I think that uh, that part of shock jock, that's not not what I'm. It's not what I would be angling towards for sure. Like that's not what necessarily what I'm suggesting here. I think it's just where you you know you don't have to be a shock jock 
necessarily to just know the moments where you sort of choose you choose the the path as it kind of occurs in your brain and if you if you if you have the i guess the the self-reg or the self-control not self-reg the self-control to kind of pull up and say yeah 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Like, don't 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 say that like you to see yourself about to go too far um you wouldn't stop yourself so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'm talking about a slippery slope here, because there definitely isn't. Not every topic and every time are there things that I want to swear about. But there is a. There's a certain emotional kind of fabric, like your the way passions change depending on the words that you decide to use to describe those passions, right? Um. Yeah, it's just a sort of just thinking that through a little bit today. Thinking that through a little bit today. I don't know why. I think probably because you're, you know the conversation we started about my time back in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So your time in the kitchen is akin to my time working nights at a grocery store. Yeah. Not, not and I'm not trying to bring them to the same level. They're not. But we were talking about the type of people that might work in those situations. And I can say, cause I worked in two or three different stores, night crew seemed like the only time I could get a job, which is funny because I guess they saw me maybe as a rogue, but the people I were working with were friggin' scary. Some of them were scary. Some of them were outright, um, du dudes that had, f they, okay. So here's the other thing too, it was 99% guys. Okay. Um, dudes with families who are my age now, back then and that was their full-time job so they had two kids and a wife and a house and a couple of cars and they worked nights they were lifers we called them lifers i guess they started when they were teenagers at the grocery store and um you know they had benefits and, and a great pay for what they were doing at the time and uh, they were going nowhere they they would admittedly say that they hated people they want nothing to do with humans. Um, and so it's funny too, a couple of them like, so you get to know these people, right? When you're working full-time hours in the summer, when I mean summer, I'm talking like April to, to September type of thing, right? Full-time. And uh, mm -hmm. you get to know them because you, you start to be friendly with them. They start to open up to you. And we would, this would always come up at, at lunch so at lunch which was like you know 2 30 in the morning everybody would stop working <laughs> and we'd all go sit in a certain place and we would eat and some people would talk and some people wouldn't talk but it's funny because everybody still came to that meeting place even if they didn't want to talk to anybody um and you'd hear stories like i remember um okay so i was working oh man i had i was doing night crew and i was working at uh at the university and I was in the newspaper. I was on the front page of the Ottawa Sun for uh, for work that I was doing with the university, like um, a welcome program for students. And the newspapers come, and and uh, they they looked at the newspaper. They looked at me. Half of them were laughing. The other half were chirping. It was like horrible. Okay. But one guy comes over and sits beside me as he's eating his sandwich. And he says to me, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you're doing this thing at Carleton. You go to school. Like, 
why are you here? Like, why can't you get a real job? And I'm like, bro, it's, it's, it's meant to be. I'm here. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I apply to jobs all the time that you guys called me. Here I am. And he's like, he's like, you got to get out of here. And it was a, it was an interesting moment because this guy, he was rough around the edges to say the least. And he was like, in that moment, it was like the, the light was shining down on us. Like, uh, like we were on stage at a play and the light was shining down on us and we were doing our thing. And he was like, you got to get out of here. Like whatever you do, do not get, keep doing your university thing, get the hell out of here. You don't belong here. And he was saying it all like with care. Right? I was like, saying it's, you don't belong. It was here. like the best case scenario for othering. They're like, yeah. you ain't, you ain't this. You ain't the other right? Yeah. In our, in our current sort of version of equity, we're like, this moment is offensive. And this is like, a, it's like a supportive moment. <laughs> 100%. So long story short, I did kind of belong there. I did kind of belong. There was part of me that enjoyed not having to dress up nicely and go work in like an office or something. I, I could come as I was. I could mm -hmm. say what I wanted to say. The only measure of success with these people was that whatever job they gave you, you got it done and you did it well. That was it. Yeah. They didn't care if you swore every two seconds. Because like there were guys there that were whacked. Like even the, the crew chief was like, that guy's nuts. Stay away from him. But they put him <laughs> in the freezer. And at 8 o'clock in the morning, the freezer was stocked. It looked great. Everything was good to go. And yet this guy, he reminded me of Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. He was just oh, ADHD yeah. bouncing off the walls. But if you told him what to do and you gave him the timeline, he'd get it done. And so I'm kind of blessed, I guess, when I think back to that. Because I did learn a lot from those guys. I Nothing about how to be socially, but everything about work ethic and grinding it out and getting your job done. Um, so that was good. <laughs> Um, Ramona says uh, maybe she drops a few of the uh, the nasty words on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, see, and and I suspected as much. Um, so I get I get the whole sort of time and place and your different people around, you know, depending who your crew is. I get I get all that. I get all that. I just, um, yeah, the, our our fellow podcasters. I'd be curious if. Um, you know our fellow podcasters if in their in their pre like in the in the on ramp where you're kind of just doing the warm up i don't even know what it's called technically do you know what it's called what do you call that when you're just in the green room chatting it up before you actually start talking i'm sure there's a technical term for it you and i have we call it the on ramp we call it the on ramp but i i don't know if that's is that us like is that us just like figuring out the jargon so to speak who knows um but I'm wondering if other podcasters have experienced that, that there's a bit of a, you're stepping into podcast parlance, right? You, you know, like you feel like you're inauthentic, inauthentic. You just, you're not, uh, you're not, you're not repping, you're repping what you perceive to be um, the, the podcaster mindset, let's say. Um, okay, so, uh, okay, on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, Beth Lyons responded or is responding to us. She mm -hmm. said, uh, first of all, happy Saturday. 
she says um, that sh as she's gotten older, her potty mouth has grown, but um, she's very good at turning it off when in professional settings. Mm. I'm not surprised. Beth strikes me as like a really put together pro. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yet Beth also likes to have fun and do her thing. And this is the vibe I get. So totally like don't even know her, but I'm telling you what I know from her social media um, presence, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can remember I had a student way, way back in the day, first year teaching, and the student smiled all the time. Like it was their default, their default uh, sort of like personal emoticon. It's just, you know, whether they were, whether they were stressed or whether they were angry or whether they were um, into it, whatever it is, their default is their face fell into a smile. And I can remember I had a conversation with them one time. They were really stressed out or something. They felt like they didn't have the, they didn't have support for something. I forget what it was. They felt like their friends just weren't getting them. And they said, and, and this person said, you know, just because I'm smiling all the time doesn't mean that I'm happy. Mm. And it kind of gave me an, an early, an early lesson in teenage psychology 101. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That sometimes because a person is smiling, like if that they just might not have access to other emotional states or feel safe to sort of express, express emotionally other feels. And, um, I often think about that with people. And it's not like I need my crews, the people that I hang around with, to always be swearing. I mean, if they want to, go ahead, whatever, do it, right? But it's it's is funny. I mean, you know, the learning, the learning to become a teacher doesn't really what what doesn't happen as you as you build your pedagogy, I think, is a an inquiry into becoming a more authentic person. And um, someone, this comes to mind, um, self-editing begins once recording starts. Okay, so yeah, Ramona talking about the self-editing. Um, someone mentioned the whole, uh, it was a Twitter combo, someone talking about what it is they, oh, it was when I put out the tweet about um, what topics do you want to have a part of staff meetings? And someone put in there talking about creativity and, you know, part of creativity we've, we've done, we've done these conversations. There's, there's an element of how do you support risk, right? Cause in order to kind of get to creativity, you, you, I think it goes hand in hand talking about risk. So I think, so part of the, um, when, when teach, when we talk about teacher, whatever, like teacher authenticity, I think gets um, excised from the human authenticity. It's almost like there's a list of things. There's a list of elements that are sort of, a, so it's almost like a fork in the road. Being a really great human. Being a really great human in your personal life is somehow slightly different and, and slightly different than being a good person in your teacher life. Not a good person, whole person, let's say. There's still a split there. And I'm not saying that just because you're always swearing, you know, with your friends that you need to roll in and start swearing all around the school. It's, it's, that's not, not, that's, I think over, that's oversimplifying it a little bit, but there's something there, right? There's something there. 
So, um, I don't have a really great way to unpack this. I'll just go back to that whole, is there something more dangerous? Is there something more dangerous at work, potentially dangerous at work, um, by stopping ourselves from swearing than actually swearing? Like, do you learn to be a less authentic version of yourself? Do you, do you get comfortable with the self-editing? Does that limit? What limits does that place on your creativity and who you can become? I appreciate your question. I want to hit on what Ramona said, and then I want to answer your question. Um, Ramona says guests are very conscious of what they're putting out there, and the host hates editing. Um, so you'd have to edit it out. This reminds me of when I did a podcast where I like would interview people, I guess, or have a conversation with a different person every time. Um, I Roland Chidiac connects, baby. Say the RCC. Word. <laughs> Roland Chidiac yeah. connects. Um, I I would always say to them, "Is there something you don't want me to talk to you about?" And then they'd think about that, and then I'd say, "Like, I'd tell them you can say and do whatever you want." Um, because they sometimes were concerned about, well, I want to talk about this, but I don't know. I'm like, you can talk about whatever you want. Um, that was just the way I rolled. I was like, you can say what you want. And I, I don't, unless they told me to edit it out, I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have. So, and that never happened. I don't think anybody ever swore. Um, and I, there were only like, I don't know how many I did, but there were only two or three where people said to me, I don't want to talk about this, this, and this. And I was like, awesome, we won't. And that was an interesting moment too, because I I got the vibe that they got the vibe that I was going to judge them based on that or that I wanted them on my podcast to talk about certain things. Mm. And that was one of those certain things. So then they're like, uh, I'm like, no, that's fine. Like I wrote it down. I'm not going to go into that area. I'm not going to ask you about that stuff. Because I remember one of my guests, I don't remember which one, but I remember there was, this person was in the middle of a shitstorm, And she was like, I, I don't want to talk about any of that. And I'm like, that's fine. And she was like, really? You brought me on here and you want to talk about my why, but you're not going to touch that? I said, you just told me not to, so I'm not going to. So... The only other options we have is you leave and we don't do the podcast because you don't trust me or you stay and we do the podcast and you trust that I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. And it was jovial, like it was good, but it was a moment of if you don't want to talk about that, I'm going to honor you with that. I'm not going to bring it up. She was like, okay, thanks. No problem. It's not why I'm, that's not why I wanted you on. But anyway, um, your talk about authenticity for me, it, this is a tough one for me. I don't think it's, I don't think it's inauthentic. I think it, there's a time and place and I'm not going to swear all the time in front of my grade threes. Um, whereas I just don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it, I should be doing that in front of them all day long. And I probably think that the people above me uh, would also uh, say that that's not appropriate. So it's like, I could do it all day and be like, yeah, I'm good. This is how I roll. But my boss and their boss might be like, yeah, you're not doing that. Like, if you're going to keep doing that, you, we're going to have to start disciplining you, right? I don't think they would think it's cool. And if I were a principal and I found out my grade three teacher was swearing every five seconds, 
I probably say, hey, you know, I don't think this is the time and place for that language. And if you really, like, if you don't feel like I'm letting you be your authentic self, I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let me call the SO then. Let's bring the SO in and see what they think, because maybe I am being a little strict with you and we'll hear what my supervisor thinks and we'll go from there. Um, so I don't think, like, I think there's a time and a place and like in my new job, having worked with like grade 10s, 11s, and 12s, some of them use colorful language the entire time we're working together. And uh, at first they'd apologize and I never really, I never said anything. Like I was like, I don't care. It, hey, for me, here's the thing. If you're in grade 11 and you're actually at my virtual meeting, the time you said you were going to be there and we're actually doing some of the work that you're supposed to be doing at school and you decide to drop an F-bomb here and there, I like, I was okay with it. Maybe other people aren't, but I was like, I was okay. And the first few times it happens, they apologize. Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to. And then after working with them for like a month and a half, it just rolls right off their tongue and they just keep going. They just keep going. And I'm like, to me, that means that they're comfortable with me. And then the other thing it means is that for me, I'm not letting that get in the way of their learning. Now, what does that look like when they end up back in the classroom with like neurotypical students and stuff? That's a whole other situation. But with me, you want to drop F-bombs and S-words and whatever? I don't care. I'm here to re-engage you. If you need to drop some of that as you're being re-engaged, I'm good. Like, th But that's me. Right? I got colleagues. I got colleagues who have said to me, I have no idea how you do your job. I would never want your job. And here I am thinking, this is my dream job. I finally have the job I've always ever wanted that didn't exist. So it's it's awesome to see the, the two worlds, right? And here's the other thing, then I'll stop. I don't want to be an intermediate teacher. Like if they called me tomorrow and said, yeah, your job's done. We're putting you in a grade seven and eight class. I'd be like, stress leave, I'm out of here. I don't want to teach a grade seven and eight class. I'm happy to do it the way I'm doing it now. You want to put me in a classroom, grade one, two, or three? Or now you can throw me into high school because I'm high school qualified. So, but grade seven and eight, no thanks. I'm not doing that. Um, I don't want to run that show every day, all day for a year, but I'm happy to work with those students in the capacity that I'm working with them now. So anyway, yeah, it's funny. Time and place is my thing with the swearing. And even then I fail. But at work, I'm good. But in real life, I fail with the time and place. <laughs> Beth messaged something here. Oh, interesting thought. Teach yourself versus real self. Can EDUs ever fully be authentic at work? Limits on creativity. Need to think more on that. Um, I just, maybe it's just an awareness of what, you know, I think about all the different spaces that I have worked in and the spaces that I have um, connected with people and all the different ways that I connect with people. And maybe this is just a moment of um, kind of noticing that blurring the lines may be useful. You know, you sort of get used to I think I'll speak, I'll definitely speaking for myself here. I've gotten used to 
the convenience of relationships at school and the different ways that you sort of handshake a moment and <clears throat> the version of me that I'm comfortable with people seeing, right? The version of me, part of this, we could, I mean, we can use the word, we can use swears, but there's a whole lot of different sort of questions that you could ask yourself about, um, maybe less about, am I being the authentic version of myself? Um, I got a, I got a bus soon, but got, yeah, I got a bus soon, but I can remember, um, helping, uh, oh, I forget her name, Jill, Jill Stambulich. I helped her out one time. She was teaching a music AQ and I forget why. Yeah. I forget how she and I, I forget how we connected. I forget why she thought I would be a good speaker to come in and talk at her AQ, but I did. And I came in, I was talking a little bit about, um, digital networking. So a little bit of like that, you know, Twitter could be a thing, but just Twitter, uh, Twitter, digital, social media inclusion, how you can have conversation, productivity, curation, that kind of stuff. This is a, this is a few years back. But one of the conversations that came up was people's aversion to using the social media was that people at work would be able to see their personal life. There was this really, someone put it quite clearly, I don't want people to have any access to my personal life. <clears throat> I guess I'm in a space where I'm starting to analyze how has my own growth been stunted by not sharing that kind of stuff? Like how, how, how would my existence, not necessarily even my relationships, but let's say that's synergistic. How is my, how is my existence in my work as a, as a whole human? Cause you do arrive there right up to the front door, <clears throat> you know, you're in your car rocking out, and you open the door and turn down the music right away just so people don't, hey, were you listening to Joan Jett and the Blackhearts or whatever, right? Some Klatchikovsky or something like, oh, what? Clough listens to classical music, right? And then you feel like you have to answer for that somehow as opposed to just let people soak it in. So I think maybe I'm just on that space on the other end because the one person at that AQ said, yeah, like I don't want to talk with my students about the fact that I went to a baseball game on the weekend, which to me strikes me as really low level kind of person. Like the stakes are really low. Um, when you talk about, you know, the baseball game, but for some people that's high stakes. So, um, I think asking the question, can you ever be authentic? Well, the answer is yes. Yes. You can be authentic. I think part of how you self-assess what's authentic shifts a little bit. Like, I don't even think it's fair to say more or less authentic. Cause I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a sense. I don't have a sense like a higher volume of authenticity feels any different than just not having to actively decide not to do a thing or to actively notice I can't access a thing. Like that's the thing that I notice. We could put swears in there, but that's just more of a kind of like a fun, a, a fun way to look at it. Because like I said, I noticed that we've, we've said, we've said, it would be fun to have a podcast where we just did not have to worry about OCT. Hey, OCT, yeah. we know you're out there. We see you're out there. We know you're out there. Someone, someone in the digital media services is like, we got to pay attention to these two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, I know you have to go. I do. The beeping is going. Heidi says, hi. No, Brian. that's on the radar. That was the radar, the radar. Oh, We're on sorry. OCT's radar. Yeah. Do you feel that this has changed over the years of your teaching career in relation to profession versus personal life? I'm not 100% sure what Heidi's asking, but I will say that... Comfort, um, maybe the comfort in 
there are, you know what I'm, I'm it for me, it's who's with me with Ooh. certain people. I'm happy to talk about my family and like the things we do and stuff. And then other people, I do not want to expose them to that. There have been times where I've been in the workroom and I'm talking to one teacher and we're talking about the weekend and like being at a hockey tournament, whatever. And then somebody else will walk in and zip, shitty ass done. They're like, oh, did I interrupt? I'm like, no, you didn't interrupt. I um, I just don't want to talk to you about my family. Heidi says, yes, what you share, how you share. Yeah, for me, certain people. There are certain people I work with that um, it's business 24-7. I don't talk about anybody in my family. I don't even know if they know I have a family. Um, and I don't care because that's, um, I get to choose who I, um, what information I give out to people. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's funny. Some people, yeah, they walk in the room and zzz, I'm done. I'm not talking about my family. I'm not letting you into that world. Um, and then Ramona says, is it a withholding of authentic self to protect for professional reasons to armor up? I've backed off on the armoring because I'm much more aware of the armor and I, I've got a, a beautiful armor suit. It was built mm -hmm. when I was like in my early teens. It's beautiful. I try not to put it on too much, but uh, for me, it's just, oh, Jimmy's in the room and I, I don't want to talk about my wife when Jimmy's around. That's all. Okay. Um, Heidi says, interesting. My brain goes to students and how they feel in the same way. I'm, I'd like to think I'm more open to my students. If, if they don't want to talk to me about certain things, I'm good. If they want to, I'm good. If they drop F-bombs, usually in grade three, they, they didn't. But in my new job, they swear all the time and and I, I don't care. I'm looking for content. I don't care about all the, the stuff. I know, Chris, you got to go, so I don't want to ask you any questions. I'm, I'm going to high tea, yo. Family's going, going to high tea. tea. Little sandwiches and, and, and fancy pastries. The one, uh, can I just put a, a challenge back to Heidi there? And it, I yes. think it's something that I am actively challenged with. It's this idea that um, <laughs> that everything we do is in service to students. And the only reason I put that in there is that at some point, at some point, those students don't positively help me grow. Like at some point what I do in service to students. And this isn't me. I'm not, I'm not looking to like, I'm not looking to burn down the system here. I get, I get the rules of engagement for my job. I get the compassionate frames. I get the equity. I get the intention. I get the um, OCT rules, my union rules, all these things that say, this is, these are all the, the jawbreaker layers of who you're expected to be in the classroom. And I get it that you can do 99% of those. You can do 100% of those. And if you don't love doing the job, you still suck. I get all these kind of like things activating. And yet I still come back to the question though, is that can you explore your authenticity as an independent variable? You don't do it relative to the people that are in front of you. And how, how, how how deeply can you sort of like explore that? And I get it. You sort of deep deep dive onto that and you're like, whoo, you're coming back up. You're like, that was way too pressurized. Like I, I almost went too far. I almost went too far. There was no coming back, AKA dropping an F-bomb about your party weekend with your grade three students. I would, I would say, I would say you've probably gone too far. You would, right? <laughs> but here's, how about the other thing? How about the 
talking with a colleague in your doorway, talking with a colleague in your doorway, and maybe you drop an F-bomb about your weekend, and you know that that's a space for the two, and I mean the doorway, like in the hallway, and pulling up that conversation, like almost knee-jerk style, because you think you hear someone coming down the hall, down the corner. So you pull it up and you stop. That's the moment right there that I think I'm trying to just kind of tease apart a little bit where the system has acted has basically gets you to actively surveil yourself to a level that you 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 don't get to test drive any of that stuff. Right? So can you can we talk about authenticity? I think we should talk about authenticity because I think there's a whole lot of other less space convert less safe space com left safe identity spaces to talk about where we encourage students to do that. Don't let school tell you who you are, right? Don't let school limit who you are. Don't let school take away from who you are. Next podcast topic. Yeah. Yeah. Heidi okay. doesn't know how we roll. Yeah. No guarantees, Heidi. <laughs> Heidi, I think Heidi gets some measure. Heidi's, Heidi's been, yeah, Heidi's been lurking and 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 sort of like linking with us for a while. So she knows the topic may come up. It maybe it's timely. Maybe it's only timely. Like some of us are all sort of stepping back into the super suits and um fulfilling other people's expectations of who we need to be. So I don't know. Christopher, did you draw anything today? Yeah, I did. Oh, I love it. A swearing emoji. With the halo on top. That's that's for me, right? The angel, saint, Catholic thing. Um, and Ramon is going to end it this week by telling us to have a great week. Have a great week, mm -hmm. everybody. Thanks for your participation today. This was Season 5, Episode 39 of the Decoded Podcast. Peace, Clough. Have fun with your Peace, bourgeois man. friends at high tea.